Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking And good evening to the Rita Cosby Show. And I could not believe the vitriol that I heard from President Biden. And to me... All these voting rights bills that he's talking about and the fact that he's pushing for it now, it is all about power. And boy, every word out of his mouth I thought was very divisive, quite frankly, racist, and quite frankly, I just thought so hypocritical. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of President Biden just a few hours ago in Atlanta talking about democracy on the line if Republicans will not allow for bills where you can get away with voting, basically free for all absentee ballots. No worries about how many. No worries about identification when you vote. It's more about integrity than corruption. Come on. Give me a break. Take a listen to the vice to the president and also soon after the vice president. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression an election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. Yeah, and they want to make it a free-for-all. You know, last night on the show, we had Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who talked about just what she felt was like sort of unlimited rules, including allowing 800,000 non-citizens in New York City to vote. And she also said on the federal level, one of the things that Chuck Schumer is pushing is for basically no IDs, allowing for a number of people to gather ballots, i.e. ballot harvesting. If that doesn't open for fraud, I don't know what does. But to me, this is deeply, deeply concerning. And I think there is no mistake that it comes after the Build Back Better plan failed by President Biden. He has been failing tremendously within his own party on so many legislative issues. And he's trying to lock it in so no one other than Democrats can be elected, basically, for the next few decades in America. He's trying to change it so there's a filibuster rule. So guess what? Nobody can basically block legislation. And talk about hypocrites, because he was one of the guys who pushed for the goodness of the filibuster, saying it brings cohesiveness and makes parties work together. But, oh, no, now when he's in power, it's not a good thing. It is a racist thing. Take a listen to how he basically made the choice between those who he says will vote for the voting rights bills and those who vote against it. The consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King 
or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. And Democrat George Wallace, who, by the way, actually praised Biden at one point, and Biden even talked about it, too, being praised by George Wallace. So here's another one. Take a listen to, again, the very divisive, very, I think, racist rhetoric from President Biden and how he says this is a moment either you're with us or you are basically a horrible racist in America if you're not. Take a listen. And here in the district, as was pointed out, represented and reflected the life of beloved friend John Lewis in their lifetimes. Time stopped when a bomb blew up the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham and murdered four little girls. They stopped when John and many others seeking justice were beaten and bloodied while crossing the bridge at Selma, named after the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. They stopped. Time stopped. They forced the country to confront the hard truths and to act, to act to keep the promise of America alive, the promise that holds that we're all created equal, but more importantly, deserve to be treated equally. And from those moments of darkness and despair came light and hope. Now, is there anybody out there that thinks what President Biden is saying is sincere? Because I don't. I think it is all politics. And I also think it's shameful because he's sitting there talking about the KKK. This is a guy who did the eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral. Robert Byrd was the grand cyclops of the KKK. Everybody knew he even talked about it. There's not a dispute about it. He was one of the leaders in the KKK, and he gave a very, you know, fitting eulogy, talked about what a great guy he was. And also Hillary Clinton basically said that he was her mentor. And yet today he was basically painting anybody who was against these voting laws that they're trying to push, the bills that they're trying to push, two of them, as being racist. What is your reaction? I just think it is unbelievably hypocritical. I think it is unbelievably divisive. And I think it is just entirely political. At this time right now, this president needs some sort of a victory. They need to do something. He's looking at the polls. The polls are killing him. He is sliding in the polls big time. And right now, he is trying to do anything he can to make it easier for people to be able to vote. And I think easier for them to cheat, because if you look at some of the numbers and some of the techniques, one of the big things in the bill is basically no excuse absentee ballots. No excuse. So in other words, you don't have to worry what the reason is. You can basically submit it. Same day voter registration. That's like, wait a minute, I'm here. I just showed up. Here's my registration. I'm ready to vote. And you're supposed to accept it and decide later if it's authentic or not. Do you think they really go back to it? I don't think so. Also, voter ID laws. How is it racist to say, I would like an ID to vote? I think everybody should want to show an ID to vote because then they know that it's legitimate. I even talked about when I had voted recently. I remember I was voting recently in New York. 
they didn't ask me for ID, and I was not happy, actually, about it. I thought, that's not good. I had to do a signature, but who's to say I wasn't faking my signature or faking somebody else's signature? You know, they didn't even, oh, to worry about ID, no problem, you know? So we're supposed to make it easier so we don't have any sense or any faith in the voting process. That's what Joe Biden basically wants. And you know what's ironic, too? They're talking about sort of early voting. Well, here's a great example. You know, in the state of Georgia, which he says is so racist, there's right now, it's about 17 days where they have for early voting. Guess how many early days they have in Delaware? Zero. That's his home state. And he's never complained about his state of Delaware being racist. But suddenly now Georgia is a racist state because he needs some sort of political avenue, something to galvanize his base and something to get people going. And to me, I think that is shameful. By the way, everybody, in just about 20 minutes or so, we're going to have on somebody who knows a lot about the Georgia law in particular and a lot about this issue. We are going to have former Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins, remember, who was the legal counsel for President Trump in Congress for a long time before that was in an assembly. Anyway, the former congressman, Doug Collins, is going to be able to join us in just about 20 minutes or so here on the show to break down exactly what's in the Georgia law, what is fact, what is fiction. And I can't wait to have him here on the show to get his sense on what this all means. And if he reads it like I do, because to me, this was just disgusting. And take a listen to this line by President Biden today uh, when he said he goes to events all over the world. And this is what the world says to him. Does anybody buy this crock of blank? Take a listen. We must be vigilant. And the world is watching. I know the majority of the world leaders, the good and the bad ones, adversaries and allies alike, they're watching American democracy and seeing whether we can meet this moment. And that's not hyperbole. When I showed up at the G7 with seven other world leaders, there were a total of nine present. Vice President Harris and I have spent our careers doing this work. I said, America's back. And the response was, for how long? For how long? As someone who's worked in foreign policy my whole life, I never thought I would ever hear our allies say something like that. Now, does anyone honestly believe that people seeing Joe Biden as frail and as incoherent as he is, that they say, hey, Joe, America's back. Thank goodness for you. And for how long will you be able to keep it back? Is there anybody who thinks that he is leading the charge to bring America back and treating America first and treating America like the great leaders that we normally are? And what do you make of the fact of the timing of all of this? Because in some of the latest polls, when they look at the issue of voting rights, do you know how many percentage of Americans, and these are Republicans and Democrats, say that this issue really matters to them? Especially, listen, after the last election, more people voted than ever before. So how can you say that there were restrictions? Things were loosened up incredibly As a result of COVID and the pandemic, remember, there was, I mean, gangbuster numbers were voting. Gangbuster numbers were participating in these drop-off boxes and other things, you know. And then you say, wait a minute, you're being restricted? Well, if you look at some of the polling, guess where voting rights, people feeling that voting rights are restricted right now? 
as to where they feel it is on the list. Is it one? Is it two? Is it number three? Is it the number four issue? Uh, uh, uh. It's only about 6% of the American public, and that includes Republicans and Democrats, actually think that this is an issue that we should be concerned about. I want to know who are the 6%? You know, who are the 6% who say, oh, yeah, we should make it easier. We should make it so they don't have to show ID. We should make it so they're able to do ballot harvesting. So basically somebody can go to like a nursing home and collect hundreds of signatures, and then that one person hands it in, and not to have to vouch for all the other ones, just say, oh, yeah, these are legitimate. Don't worry about it. You know, that's what we want. An American, I don't think a Republican or an honest Democrat really would want that. You want to feel like your elections are fair, that you can believe in the results, that they're trusted, that everybody is on equal footing. And to be able to make it so that you don't even have to show ID, and if you request it, you're racist, that's basically what the president said today. I thought it was one of the most divisive, one of the most condescending, and one of the worst speeches that I have heard a president say. And then he kept going after President Trump, saying the defeated president. It's all about making sure that President Trump doesn't win back the presidency. It's all about making sure that Republicans don't win back the House or the Senate. They are trying to do whatever they desperately can. And here is what Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, had to say about President Biden talking about this today. He says it is all smoke and mirrors. So you've got this workforce crisis in America. You've got empty shelves. We have a supply chain problem that continues. We have runaway inflation eating away at people's money. And then on top of that, you've got the threat of China and the Pacific region. You've got Russia on the verge of, of, of invading Ukraine. You've got all these things going on in the world. And instead of focusing on that, these guys are out there giving speeches about a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah, at a time where, by the way, coronavirus cases hit 1.5 million in one day, positive results. And yet he's saying, oh, no, we got to talk about making voting even easier. Here's a little more of Marco Rubio saying his thoughts about the president. My bigger concern is not just about the filibuster. It really is the law. There, there is. Let me say this plainly and simply and straightforward. There is no widespread effort to suppress minority voting rights in America. It's non-existent. It doesn't exist. And this has nothing to do with this. This has to do with power. This has to do with how can we federalize federal elections to create election chaos so that our lawyers can get in there after the election and finagle our way to victories in congressional seats, mayor's races, state races, governor's races, Senate races. That's what they want to do. Yeah, that is what they want to do. It is all about power. Uh, let's go to Jim in Long Island. Jim, you're listening on the radio. Go ahead, Jim. Yes, I think I can demonstrate that Joe Biden does whatever is uh, necessary at the time, and he'll pivot completely the opposite if he has to. During one of the early debates, when they had 10 or 12 people debating, he was in the middle with Bernie Sanders. They asked the question, do you support health care for the uh, undocumented people. And his reaction, which I'm surprised nobody ever picked up, he stepped forward, looked back and forth to see how everyone was raising their hand, was the last guy to raise his hand. Most of them raised their hands right away. I remember that. That's just proof how this man operates, whatever's convenient at the time. No, but you're right. And you know what's interesting, Jim, too, today? I thought about, first of all, I brought up the whole Robert Byrd thing. I covered, I was senior correspondent for Fox News in Washington, guys. I was there. I remember Robert Byrd. I think I met Robert Byrd one of the first few weeks that I was in Washington. 
And everybody knew he was a former KKK guy. I remember going, wait, 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 this guy who's a senator is a former KKK guy. It was so well known. And yet Biden spoke at his funeral. And today he had the audacity to basically say, oh, those who hang out with KKK. Well, then he should be looking in the mirror because it is just utterly reprehensible that he was, you know, praising this guy, talking about what a great man he was. And he is the guy who was hanging out with KKK. He's also the guy who fought against integration of public schools. He didn't want them, remember, to be, quote, racist jungles. Remember racial jungles? That was one of the phrases. And in fact, remember Kamala Harris, Jim, during the debates, smeared him. I think it might have even been that same debate where they asked about the uh, illegals voting in the health care, like you talked about. Remember, she went after him mercilessly about his record on race. You know, and then he has the audacity to be like the guy who's speaking with the moral compass now. Uh, You know, it it can't work both ways. What a hypocrite he is. Jim, thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, here on the Rita Cosby Show, 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. President Biden missing no opportunity, everybody, as you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show here on the great 77 WABC. By the way, you can also listen to us on the 77 WABC app. All you have to do is download it on the Apple Store or also Google Play, and you can listen to us there. Well, President Biden, remember the other day he was referring to January 6th and then right in the middle on the anniversary, he was like, well, let's move on to voting rights. You knew that voting rights was going to be right around the corner because they threw it right in there with the anniversary. How much you want to make a bet that every January 6th, while he is president, he's going to use the opportunity to politically go, "Okay, well, uh, because of January 6th, we need to make sure that climate change happens because January 6th, we got to make sure blank happens. Talk about a political machine. Well, take a listen to how he used it today in his speech about voting rights in Atlanta. But then the violent mob of January 6, 2021, empowered and encouraged by a defeated former president, sought to win through violence what he had lost at the ballot box to impose the will of the mob to overturn free and fair election. And for the first time, the first time in American history, they to stop the peaceful transfer of power. They failed. They failed. But democracy's, but democracy's vision, victory was not certain, nor is democracy's future. That's why we're here today, to stand against the forces in America that value power over principle forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the legally expressed will of the American people by sowing doubt, inventing charges of fraud, and seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. Wow. Boy, he can't wait to slam President Trump and do whatever he can. And again, everybody, just in about 10 minutes, we're going to have former Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins, remember, who was also the legal counsel for President Trump. He is going to be joining us to give us his take because he knows a lot 
about the Georgia law and about the different voting laws around the country. And he says this is pure and simple politics. I agree. one 800 848 Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts about this? Tell me something. Uh, do you have a memory lapse or anything? Because if you, I think you do, because 19 states just passed voting laws to restrict voting in their states, all the red states. Where have you been? What are you talking about? So, um, so Stan, let me ask you. Hey, Stan, if you have a memory, do you remember that Joe Biden spoke, gave the eulogy yeah, at Robert Byrd? Do you know who else was at the funeral? H- Hillary Clinton. The Republicans were at the funeral. Hillary you know Clinton. How, but how dare he sit oh, there that, and uh, criticize Rita, the KKK, Rita, Stan? You got, Rita, Republicans attended his funeral, too. You want to, you want to question that, too? Yeah, Rita, I would, well, actually. By the way, I don't think anybody should be I, at well, that guy's well, funeral. Well, yeah, you're bringing up... Well, no, the reason I bring this up, because, Stan, you may recall that Biden is the current president. And that's the reason I bring it up, because well, guess what? You if you thing. have the current president saying it and shaming people for being associated with the KKK, it is a fair thing for him to have to look in the mirror and admit who his own friendships are. Did the Republicans who attended his funeral also do that? Give me a break. Let yeah, they should. They, they should, by the way. Today. By the way, if they came out and slammed the KKK, Rita, I'd say Rita. the same things. Dan, I would. Today, his speech today was absolutely correct. And you're right. What did you say? It's politics. Where have you been? What planet are you on? Those people in those 19 states is all about politics, putting their own people in, setting it up, rigging the thing for the next election. Don't talk to me about politics. What do you think this game is? It's both sides. So Don't let me, me ask you, Stan, 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 you know what, though? You know what? I say he is a phony hypocrite because here he is saying, I'm coming in to unite the country. I'm going to be the guy who brings everybody together and brings calmness. Was there calmness. anything in that speech that emitted you Rita, know, calmness and the Republicans, uh, Rita, hypocrites, not, hypocrites. Rita, the Republicans don't want any negotiation. They don't want to work with the Democrats at all. It's been that way from the start. It's going to be a full out war in, in 22. There's no doubt about it as far as elections. So don't talk to me about cooperation. Republicans don't want to cooperate. They don't care. They're sewed up, tied up by a guy named Trump. And that's it. Well, that's and this guy is. seems to have Trump derangement syndrome because, you know, so. every right single second, every second. And by the way, Stan, you talk about hip- hypocrisy today. They came out and said, oh, gosh, you know, it's so terrible. The Republicans block legislation 154 times talking about the filibuster, you know, the, the rule yeah, there. Yeah. Guess what? You know what? You know how many times Democrats used it within the same oh, period? You, uh, well, hang on. Hang on. I'm asking sure, you a sure. question, Stan. Do you sure. have any idea how many times? they used it in that same window amount, just maybe as many as more yeah yeah actually i'll give you you rita, know what how about rita, twice as rita, much talk rita. about hypocrisy stan rita all right what go ahead stan. playing here rita it's washington what do you think it's about power and who gets the power well it's that's about- why he should admit it because if don't sit there and blame you have to he said he was rising above it stan uh, and i think he's he is sinking to below the swamp below it Donald Trump went below it. Well, if he, he went below it, this guy went to the sewer today. 
Don't talk to – and the filibuster, the filibuster, right? We were talking about that. Normally I'd say I'm not happy because it will come back to either bite them on the tushy, the Democrats, because what good for the goose is good for the gander. All right. And, Stan, by the way, on that point, I will agree with you on that. That's the only thing I'm going to agree with you on today. But I always love your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Does anybody agree with Stan? That the president gave a great speech today, and it was a fair speech. I say, heck no. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And a beautiful story in our Back the Blue tonight coming from New Jersey. Mary Ferrazano of Westwood, New Jersey, knows what it's like to stay up late at night waiting for a son to return home when he is a police officer. She said there's a lot of dangerous situations that arise in law enforcement, and you have to have faith that God will watch them and keep them safe. Ferrazano is a member of the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Glen Rock, New Jersey, and she gathered with other congregants last weekend to thank law enforcement, pray for their safety, and recall those who lost their lives at the church's third annual law enforcement appreciation service. The mother of three and grandmother of four could not divulge her son's department because of police policy, but the event, which was celebrated live and also aired online to congregants at home, offered a great display of honor and appreciation for police at a time when they are sadly often the target of hostility around the country. And what a beautiful way to thank and back our men and women in blue. Well, today we are talking about, I thought, over-the-top rhetoric. And you just heard from Stan, who thought that speech was great by President Biden. I think Stan is drinking tonight because that was one of the most divisive, worst speeches that I've ever heard from a president who claimed that he was the guy who's going to bring everybody together on voting rights. And if you look at the voting rights bill, it's not what it says it is. In a second, we're going to talk to the former congressman of Georgia, also President Trump's former legal counsel, Doug Collins, and get his take. Meantime, here's a little bit of President Biden speaking today. Today, we come to Atlanta, the cradle of civil rights, to make clear what must come after that dreadful day when a dagger was literally held at the throat of American democracy. And he didn't talk about Russia or Ukraine or China. No, he talked about President Trump and January 6th and everything else. Take a listen. I know where I stand. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote, our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. The question is, where will the institution of the United States Senate stand? Every senator, Democrat, Republican, and Independent will have to declare where they stand, not just for the moment, but for the ages. Will you stand against voter suppression? Yes or no? That's the question they'll answer. 
And joining us now is former Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins. Um, He is also the host of the Doug Collins podcast and also just came out with his first book. It is called The Clock and the Calendar. Congressman Collins, great to have you here on the show. Oh, it's always so good to be with you. What did you think of President Biden's, I think, highly inflammatory speech today? I, you know, there's an old saying in the military, and I'm still in the military, and there's an officer performance report one time, and it was written up that this officer has reached the bottom and begun to dig. Well, I believe this is exactly what's happening with, Pre- with President Biden. He's just reached the bottom, and it's getting it's getting sad. I mean, it's been bad, but today seemed to touch a new low for me, especially when you lie about the voter law in Georgia, and then you use scripture to try and justify what the lie that you just said. Joe Biden is showing he has no shame, and especially when it comes to this issue of of voting rights and and voter suppression. You know, it's basically, according to President Biden, you're basically racist if you ask to see ID. Um, And if you don't go with his voting bills, then you're basically Jim Crow 2.0. How do you react to that? Well, it, it saddens me that you have a president of the United States who is who is stooping so low to believe that simple ID check for the most sacred right we have voting is somehow racist or, or mischaracterized. But he has no problem in in folk places like New York City, Washington, D.C., and others requiring that you show a vaccine card. I mean, it's just hypocritical. People are getting sick of it. And it, it just shows uh, when you have people – in the Democratic Party who don't even want to be seen with him, like Stacey Abrams didn't even want to be seen with him today. So it's just, you know, it's it's sad when we accept an ID to cash a check, an ID to, to buy purchase something, an ID to get on a plane. But yet for voting, they won't accept an ID, and they lie about the effect of it. They say that it will suppress those. Actually, in Georgia, we found when we put voter ID in, our voter turnout went up. Oh, that's interesting. So it actually went up when you asked for yeah. voter ID because what people felt there was more integrity with the process. Well, no, they. I think for for the longest time there was so much talk about people saying, "Well, look, you know, why am I not going to vote?" And it just, I think, increased people's awareness. Uh, in Georgia, we made the card the the ID cards free, uh, and they. And one of the things that was so sad to me is, is Democrats do this all the time. They talk down to the people that they believe that they're supposed to help, minorities, others, poor. You know, they talk down to them as if they're too, you know, frankly, they accuse them of being too dumb to know how to get an ID. And the reality is in Georgia, when we put in voter ID from the 2014 elections through the recent elections, we saw double-digit increases in African-American male and female and Hispanic male and female voting. So, look, it just doesn't play to their narrative, but they have such a failed agenda they're just simply trying to play emotions right now. And speaking of, you know, part of the process, they also say, well, you can't give someone water. You can't give someone food. They say that that's racist if you're not allowed to give people that uh, at the voting places. Um, how do you reconcile that? How do you explain that? Rita, I'm so glad you asked that because today this was the lowest of the low with President Biden in, in Georgia when he said, that the law prevented uh, you from giving water or food to somebody. And then he took Scripture and said that the Bible tells us to feed the, if those someone is hungry or someone is thirsty to give them food and drink. What he is so – what he's lying about here is that there is no state in the union allows electioneering or, or campaigning within a certain amount of feet from the polling booth. In Georgia, it's 150 feet. What we had going on in Georgia was groups like Stacey Abrams, Fair Fight Action, NAACP, other voter organization, partisan groups were going to lines and handing out with full 
gear on, with T-shirts, buttons, and handing out food or water in these lines. What we simply said, what the law simply said, I, did, I wasn't a part of it, SB 202 simply says, is that water can be made available by the folks who, at the polling places and, and uh, coolers or whatever, but you just can't do it inside 150 feet. Outside 150 feet, do whatever you want to do. It's just, a, I mean, I don't understand how the media can allow him to lie, and that's all this is. And I don't use that word lightly. He is just lying and then using Scripture to proof text it. He ought to be ashamed. And obviously, Congressman Collins, the reason is that it could influence the vote. It's like, oh, gosh, this person's giving me a T-shirt or this person's giving me food. They're currying favor. And that could influence what they do when they actually vote. Exactly. But, that, that you know, my question is, what would they have done if, if, if you had had, you know, Republican Party uh, sticker, uh, you know, folks with shirts on, Turning Point USA, uh, you know, young Republicans? You know, they would have got upset. They got, so you're intimidating. You're a voter. You know, again, it's just not uh, its not logical, Reid. And this is the problem. The, the Democrats, especially on this issue and many others, have become unhinged from reality. And they made such a production out of this that, um, you know, people are starting to see it. And the more they go overboard with it, the worse it is. Because they also understand they saw what happened in the last election when they were able to basically, in many states, put in – much more liberal voting uh, eligibility, uh, things that can be easily, both sides, left and right, have said these are easily, uh, can be worked into fraud or, or worse if allowed to go on. And what they're trying to do is perpetrate those in so that they, you know, feel like they have an advantage in the election system. People are going to wake up to this, and that's why it's so important when we talk about it, to let's be honest about what the, the voter rights, uh, these bills are, and it's not voter suppression. It's simply Democrats looking for a power grab from Washington. You know, you talked about some of the things in uh, the last election. One of the things is basically opening it up to ballot harvesting, which yes. to me is so rife for the opportunity for fraud. And and yet it's interesting because there's restrictions in New York and Delaware that sort of restricts them, and yet boy, if you do it in Georgia, you're racist. Well, it's sort of funny. In Georgia, we have 17 days of early voting. You know how many days Delaware has? None. Okay, explain to me, it's you know, how can you be so blind? Well, in, in New Jersey, it was uh, less than that. They just added, I think, eight days. Um, you know, there's New York has, but they're not consistent. We've had as many as five weeks of early voting in Georgia. Okay, as in-person early voting, we took our absentee request to 72 days from 180 days. You have 70-plus days to ask for no excuse at all a ballot uh, to turn back in. And then we also made it to where you had to request it 11 days before the election so that you could actually get your ballot back in. And they accused us of cutting down the opportunities for people to vote. I am sick of the lies. It's just got to stop. What did you make of President Biden today, uh, Congressman Collins, saying, you know, either you're with Martin Luther King or you're with George Wallace? And then he even invoked, I couldn't believe this when he even invoked uh, the KKK, you know, the grand dragon of the KKK. And all I kept thinking about is this is the guy who spoke at Robert Byrd's funeral, who was a high up member of the KKK. Yeah, it, 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 I've never experienced this. I mean, Donald Trump, and we're not going to, you know, compare, but Donald Trump could have, you know, said good morning wrong, and there'd have been five calls by the press that there was something, you know, uh, under untoward about it. Joe Biden can basically get up there and say anything he wants. The press treat him as if he's the he's the the crazy uncle at the Christmas dinner, 
or the Thanksgiving dinner who says and sits in a corner and babbles and they don't say anything about it. And but when you start evoking strong feelings of of those kind of contrasts, it is to me it's a sign of desperation. It means that they have no logical argument to fall back on, so they're simply trying to scare people. Um, we're not a country that is scared into doing what is right. We are a country that do that does what is right uh, because we do because it is right. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris spent the day trying to scare people. That's all voters need to know about this administration. What did you make also of the fact that Stacey Abrams, as you mentioned, snubbed the president? <laughs> and I couldn't believe this. He's asked at the White House, you know, are you insulted? He's like, oh, no, she had a scheduling conflict. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you got the president of the United States coming <laughs> to your state. Um, this is your big issue, Stacey Abrams, you know, voting rights. You know, she's been pushing for this big time. And suddenly she's got either a hair appointment or a car appointment or whatever <laughs> it is that can't be changed. What did you make of that, Congressman Collins? Uh, it also says that, the, that he's losing his own party. And I think this is interesting because you made a statement just then, Ray, that's very important. This is her issue. Okay, she's made millions on this issue. She has distorted the truth on this issue. And what she is saying by not showing up is she's saying Joe Biden is so inept and so toxic and so mishandling this issue that I don't even want to be attached to him coming up in my governor's race here in Georgia. And, you know, that should speak of volumes to it's, – it's why you have so many Democrats getting out of the House. It's why, you know, the poll after poll will show this, you know, the, the American people saying, you know, this is this administration is a disaster. But I will take it a step further. Not only did Stacey Abrams not show up, others in the black vote matters and other things moment didn't show up. But Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, son, Martin Luther King III, actually basically apologized – for going to the meeting. I mean, that's how bad and toxic the left is becoming uh, toward Joe Biden. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up the point because some of the folks like some of the NAACP folks have come out and said they're sick of platitudes from this president. He's getting so much pressure from like the far, far left of his base. And even, you know, Senator Schumer basically said that, you know, what really is in voting rights is climate change, other rights. Like it just kind of shows that if this door opens on the filibuster and all these things that they're trying to do, it's going to open the door to this huge radical agenda. In other words, you know, my way or the highway sort of attitude, which is stunning from a president who ran on unity, Doug Collins. Oh, yeah. Well, it really is even, to me, it's even worse than that. And I'm, you know, look, I have no desire to give Democrats, you know, any uh, advice on how to do things. But, I, you know, I'm fine to let him go off and ramble and, and, and look very foolish on a, on a platform in Atlanta talking about voting rights when he's lying. When he has left behind both Republicans, Democrats, and Independents who are suffering in inflation, who are suffering you know, with the pandemic, who are suffering with supply chain issues of businesses, who are suffering, you know, doing these the kind of things that affect people's everyday lives. It's almost like, you know, again, this far left radical agenda, it is. it seems to me that they realize November is their last gasp. And if they don't get, they're willing to tear up anything to rules, processes, or anything to get their policy in place before November because they know they're going to lose. It's what I wrote about in the clock in the calendar when they did it with the impeachment process. They're willing to tear up the institutions they claim to love to promote an agenda that they can only get through if they control the whole process.
Yeah, and that is really scary for democracy, even though they're claiming it's Republicans who are like holding democracy in the balance. Do you file it's just utter hypocritical? Yes, it is. I mean, I mean, how can you sit there and sling the hammer on filibuster, sling the hammer on you know not letting minority uh, the minority in the House, the Republicans in the House participate in committees or participate in uh, getting bills done, having most of Congress. Did you know, realize, Rita, that there are some members of Congress from last year who swore in to the Congress to vote for the Speaker and have effectively never went back to Washington, D.C.? They have voted proxy for over a year. Wow. That's stunning. Yes. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi's running it all. She's running it from the Speaker's office. This is not the way uh, a, a, a republic is supposed to be run. And so, yeah, it's just completely hypocritical. They're, at one point, they're taking down everything about our institutions, but yet at the same time, blaming Republicans as the ones who cause the problem. Yeah, it's called uh, professional gaslighting, you know, which yeah. uh, and to the utmost. Well, I'm glad that we're here to separate fact from fiction. So great to always have you on. Former Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins. And again, his great new book, everybody talking about a lot of this, um, is The Clock and the Calendar. Thanks so much, Congressman. Great to thank you a bunch. Always good to be with you. And let's go to your calls, everybody. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Go ahead, Robert. Rita, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. But it's really interesting because, again, I think Stan was either drinking tequila or scotch. No, I, was, I was just going to say, please do not, please never stop taking his calls <laughs> because he he he, make, he gives me a laugh every night. Me um, too. Me too. It on, makes it comedic, on, you know. Just one thing on him real quick. Uh, those 19 states passed voter integrity laws, which do not stop one eligible voter from voting. Okay, Um, but real quick and I'll be real quick. All seven of them G7 leaders that told Joe how long are we going to be gone? All of their countries require voter ID. Okay, Um, Wallace, Connor, Davis, they were all Democrats, my man. (laughs) What are you talking about? I know when Um, I hear him say that and then he had the audacity, Robert, did you hear him just say, you know, KKK, you know, like smearing like Republicans are KKK. Meanwhile, he's the guy who spoke at one of the head KKK leaders funerals. It's like you can't even make it up the hypocrisy. I mean, it, it's, talks it's about, disgusting. He, talk, he talks about the progress that's been made since Sullivan. I mean, since um, Sullivan. Yeah. And um, and then he acts like it doesn't exist. He just said we had a free and fair election. Right. Right. Exactly. And and their version, it's all like my way or the highway, because, you know, and I brought up even with uh, with our pal Stan there, you know, he was talking about the filibuster, okay, which sort of blocks, you know, it's 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 meant to have both sides kind of come together and get a consensus, at least of some form. And these blocks, well, well, wait, but 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 what happened was they actually had it was like one hundred and fifty plus. Um, now have happened. That's what President Biden was slamming uh, the Republicans mm-hmm. for. Guess what? The Democrats, when they were in the minority, had 328 in the same period. I mean, give me a break. Rush, right. Rush once said, Rush once said they will always accuse you of doing the exact things that they are doing themselves. And if and one ray of sunshine for you, um, Rita, if they do manage to pass this Voting Rights Act, it will die in the Supreme Court because it is blatantly unconstitutional. It is. That and is and right. and thank you, Robert, by the way. And I'm glad you quoted my good friend Rush. I loved Rush Limbaugh. Everybody, we're going to continue talking about this after the break. one 800 Rita 
Leah Cosby is on 77 WABC. And President Biden is dancing in the dark. He is shooting in the dark. Just trying to throw anything he can out there and basically slamming anybody who doesn't agree with their version of basically what they call voting rights means no ID voting. Are you kidding me? No ID voting. You think you're going to feel good that the elections had integrity? I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. That is hogwash. Take a listen. Here is Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia saying that what President Biden's trying to do is to deflect You know, he's just trying to distract from other disasters. I mean, a federal uh, takeover of elections, you know, federal mandates on vaccines and everything else, record high inflation, you know, you know, punning on on China, Russia. They're not even talking about I I hope the I hope they'll leave here and go to the southern border uh, so the vice president can actually see what she's in charge of. I was down there Christmas Eve. I mean, the policies of this administration on Illegal immigration has now turned into mass migration in our country. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to push back against that in Georgia. And I've told people the truth. I'm going to continue to do that. And the other side doesn't want to answer questions uh, about our elections law. Yeah, they just say anybody against it is racist and basically a member of the KKK. Uh, It was the most divisive speech I think I have heard a president ever give. 1-800-848-9222. Two. Let's go to John in New York. Go ahead, John. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hello, Rita. Um, I disagree. With, I mean, not that I disagree with. Oh, I do disagree with Stan. But he needs to learn history. The Democrats are the party that killed um, voting, uh, voting rights bills going back to 1886. I mean, Mark Levin has talked about that many times. That from 18. 18- uh, Well, and by the way, by the way, also not to get a two in the weeds with you, but also, you know, Lincoln was a Republican, Abraham Lincoln, you know, I mean, it's like, like, yeah, Stan, I think is is drinking too much schnapps tonight, you know, Um, what, what do you make of the president's speech? I just thought incredibly toxic and incredibly self serving and just outrageous to basically say, if you don't agree with them, you know, making it a free for all for people voting. Um, you're a racist. You're a member of the KKK. I, I mean, the hypocrisy is so disgusting, John. It is. It is. Truthfully, I didn't listen to this. I never listen to anything he says because everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's it's outrageous. I mean, first of all, the Democratic Party historically is known as the party of the KKK. So he talks about that, which is unbelievable. When he said George Wallace, I said, oh, my God, he's he's talking about a man who was a Democrat. Right. And by the way, a guy who actually praised Biden at one point, too, that Biden even mentioned he got praise from. I mean, it, it is it is so surreal. It's like he's like in an alternate universe. John, thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with this after the break. And what do you make of Stacey Abrams, who did not have time for President Biden today? What she had, she said, oh, I had another appointment. What, she have a hair appointment or she needed to change like what her brakes on the car or something? The president's coming to town. What a bunch of hogwash. We're going to talk about that if you believe her after the break. Feisty, fearless and fair. 
She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the So President Biden, as you know, goes to Atlanta trying to sell what they say are voting rights. Other people say what it basically means is anybody can vote and there's no integrity in the process, like no voter ID, allowing for ballot harvesting, basically no excuse, absentee ballots. In other words, you don't, it doesn't matter. You can just get an absentee ballot. Same day voter registration. Do those things sound like they are ethical, that they're appropriate, that they're legal? Well, that's what's in the bill that President Biden says, if you don't vote for it, you're racist, essentially. And he didn't even pull any punches. He just came out and said it today. It was shocking. Take a listen to some of his rhetoric. I've been having these quiet conversations with members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. Whoa, it's the most passionate I've heard him in a long time. At least he was awake. And at least he knew that it was 2022. Remember last week he thought it was 2020. You know, so at least it seemed like he got the year right, at least. But you know what he didn't get right was a consensus within his own party. And in fact, the NAACP came out and said that they do not want to be used as a prop. Enough of the niceties. That was the language from members of the NAACP who didn't really want to be seen with President Biden, who is extremely unpopular in the state of Georgia. So much so that Stacey Abrams, who still thinks that she didn't lose the last election as governor of Georgia, she snubbed the president. Can you believe this? This is her big issue about voting rights. She has been sort of in the forefront of this. This is her like baby. She has been pushing this hardcore. The president of the United States from your same party comes to your state And suddenly, you're not available. She's got an appointment. Can you imagine what? She has like a nail appointment or a hair appointment or a car appointment. Uh, Something, anything that's more important than meeting with the president. What a bunch of poppycock. It clearly means that the president is so unpopular that even people in his own party don't want to be seen with him in the state on the issue that they are riding This, to me, is so damning to this president. And take a listen, because he was asked about it at the White House before he left for Georgia. Any thoughts on Stacey Abrams skipping your speech today, sir? Are you insulted she's skipping the speech? I'm insulted you asked the question. I spoke with Stacey this morning. We have a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be, I've talked with her at length this morning. We're all on the same page, and everything's fine. All right. Now, I have been a reporter for a long time. I've covered White House a long time. This is your issue. The president in your party is coming to your state to talk about your signature issue, and you suddenly have a scheduling conflict. Is there anybody out there that actually believes that lie? That is the most audacious, most ridiculous comment, and it is clearly a bunch of BS. It is absolutely clear that Stacey Abrams didn't want to be seen with this president. That's how bad Joe Biden is 
on her signature issue that she didn't even want to be seen with him the day that he comes to Georgia. I don't care if you have plans. I don't care if you have a trip out of the country. You cancel it. You clear the slate. It's the president of the United States. But no, she has, quote, a scheduling conflict. Does anybody believe that hogwash? Here is a little bit of Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe, which isn't exactly, uh, you know, a conservative bastion. He didn't believe it. Stacey Abrams, one of the nation's best known voting rights advocates and the current Democratic candidate for governor in the state, will not be in attendance today, citing... A scheduling conflict. She Ouch. did, however, tweet mm-hmm. support for the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. a big day in Georgia yeah. today on Ow. many levels, Joe. Yeah, well, I don't but, get that. You know, I just, yeah, I, I, it's such a big day that Stacey Abrams uh, has a scheduling event. Well, She's Her car is getting a tune-up, so you can understand. Because you, it's hard. You can't get, get COVID. You don't and, know. And the mechanics, half the mechanics are home. They're not they're okay. asymptomatic, but they won't let them in the garage. So she has to get the car to She's them. getting her tires rotated, to be and more specific. And rotated, too. Yeah. So how in the world can she be in two places at once? What are we at? No, this is bad. Yeah, it is so bad. Everybody was mocking him. I mean, think about it. Here's the woman. It's her signature issue. And she's been leading the charge. And Joe Biden goes down to her state and Kamala Harris, and she's got a scheduling conflict. What a bunch of BS. There is no way that she had a scheduling conflict that could not be changed for the president of the United States. You drop everything when it's the president of the United States. Give me a break. She didn't want to be seen with him because his poll numbers are so in the tank. Here's a little more of Joe Scarborough and Al Sharpton on MSNBC talking about it. Stacey Abrams. This is this is an event custom made for Stacey Abrams. Uh, Rev, she obviously doesn't want to be on the same stage with Joe well, Biden. Well, I, I don't know if if it's that. Uh, what what though, is it? Though, uh, what is it? <laughs> I, I certainly say that the elements are there for one to speculate. Yeah, it's obvious. It's so bad that even Al Sharpton was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. Here is Senator John Cornyn commenting about it all. Well, it's a false narrative, Charles. And, um, you know, the president, uh, I'm a little embarrassed for him because he doesn't even have members of his own political party on board in the Senate, much less those who boycotted his appearance in Atlanta, people like uh, Stacey Abrams. And then, uh, you know, this is diametrically opposed to the position that the president took when he was in the Senate, as he was for many, many years, and when the shoe was on the other foot. The truth is, this is not about voting rights. This is about a partisan political power grab. And uh, they're just trying to dress it up and and sell it as something else. And I just don't think uh, the American people are buying it. Yeah, I don't think the people are buying it whatsoever. And clearly, Stacey Abrams isn't even buying it. And that's the most incredible thing I've ever heard. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to McCoy in Poughkeepsie. Go ahead, McCoy, your thoughts. Hi, good day, uh, Rita. Nice to talk to you. Um, this, uh, this, the he's trying to play the race card again, um, like he did the first time uh, when he was running for president. And I do believe this time, I'm African American myself. A lot of people are not buying it this time with the with the race card, and um, you know, as far as him wanting to uh, make people believe. I mean, he really doesn't, truthfully, he really doesn't care about the black man. He's just hes just looking for the vote. Let me ask you, McCoy, did you buy it the first time? 
Um, no, because I didn't care for for him. I don't really like. I don't really. I'm a Republican, so um, I'm not really feeling the Democrats. And it goes back to back in the slave days. So, um, you know, I'm keeping it real. You know, if I'm if I'm I'm not going to be phony to you. You know, uh, back in in the Civil War, they supported slavery and the Confederacy. So I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm Republican. I love America. Bravo to you. And by the way, your friends who are Democrats, what do they say? Do, are they discouraged with him, too? Uh, well, you know what I'm noticing is that they don't even want to talk about it now. I try to be diplomatic like Mr. Bill O'Reilly taught me. And I just um, the first thing I say to them is just give me one thing that this man has done for the American people. And they can't do it. Right. And, and, and meanwhile, he's saying enemies, foreign and domestic, as if he's going to be the one who's going to save us from anything in no shape or form. McCoy, love the call. Thank you very much. Um, let's go to BJ in Queens. Go ahead, BJ, your thoughts. So, you know, uh, the Trump administration is the uh, in January 6th is the all purpose dumpster fire to cover up everything. This did not go well for Joe Biden today at all. He looked like uh, he uh, didn't know what he was saying. Everything is race, race, race. In the meantime, 800,000 people uh, that are non-citizens vote. Uh, People coming over the border are just giving ballots to go vote when they get to these blue cities. They're looking to turn the election day into election season. You have the Zuckerberg that dumped $400 million into our elections. And then he's telling us, you know, I'm a racist. Someone's racist towards me if I go for cold medicine and they ask for my ID for cold medicine. But I could walk into a a, a voting booth and if they ask for the same thing, they're racist. Right. I mean, give right. me a break. Right. And by the I way, mean, you know, just ridiculous. it is. You know, I want you brought up the dark money, too, and sort of some of the hypocrisy. I, one thing that I thought was a really interesting example, BJ, was um, in the last election, like he was saying, oh, all this money's coming in. And you brought up like a Zuckerberg who bought all those drop boxes and all those other things. Um, Biden, as it turned out, I think it was one hundred and seventy four million of anonymous donors that we still don't know to this day. And Trump had about 20 million. I mean, look at the numbers. That's a huge difference. Um, and in addition to those drop boxes from Zuckerberg, and it's like he is doing everything he's accusing the other side of doing. And that's why, to me, it's so I think people are just like fed up. They feel like it's just a bunch of politics, a bunch of hogwash, and so insincere. BJ, thank you. Let's go to Dave in New Jersey. Dave, go ahead. And you're listening on the WABC app. By the way, everybody can hear it on Apple Store or also Google Play. So make sure you listen to us there as well. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Lena. Uh, You're awesome. Um, Listen, I mean, everything is a lie, okay? This whole sham is a, a complete lie, okay? We're being lied to as Americans. No one's telling the truth, okay? And that's the bottom line. So, okay, when does it end? Right, you know, right, right. Well, that's why you got to call him out when you go, hey, wait a minute. I mean, even the Washington Post called him out on some of his voting rights bills claims. You know it's bad when they're calling him out and saying uh, on a couple of his claims, Dave, they gave him, I think it was four Pinocchios, which is really interesting. Dave, thank you for the call. Love it. Let's go to Carl in Staten Island. Go ahead, Carl. Your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you remember, but uh, 
when um, it was obvious that Biden would be, be the nominee, I think Abrams uh, was really angry that uh, she wasn't picked as VP. Ah, remember, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, you you're right. That, uh, I don't know if you remember that. Inter- uh, that uh, they were on uh, some political talk show, and uh, she thought that uh, he would announce her as a VP selection, but instead he just praised her for her uh, voter registration uh, efforts. And uh, you could tell that uh, her face really dropped when she realized that uh, she wasn't being picked as VP. Oh, that's interesting, Sue. Do you think that maybe it was personal as to why she didn't want to be with him today? Like, forget you. I'm not going to be... Uh, you know, your prop today, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a combination of, of things. Uh, uh, Biden's, um, you know, falling into polls is not is another reason, I suppose. But I think she's a petty person. Um, and uh, I think that's the primary reason that uh, she's still angry that she wasn't picked as VP. That's very interesting. That's a great point, Carl, too, because you're right. She really thought that she was going to get picked. And she did work hard, you know, for them in 2020. This was their big issue. And, of course, in the Senate races, those two you know, seats with, uh, you know, with Warnock and Ossoff really changed the game in the Senate. I mean, those were huge wins, and she was an enormous part of pushing that. And you're right. She sort of thought, okay, well, the payoff's going to come, and you're right. Um, you know, along the way as she was pushing and pushing, and it turns out to be Kamala Harris. Um, but clearly, she didn't want to be with him today. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Carl, thank you. Let's go to J.C. in Stroudsburg, PA. Go ahead, J.C. Hey, Rita, I think that uh, Stacey Abrams had a date with Stan today. (laughs) By the way, that I would believe. That would be the only excuse that I would believe, JC. I love that. That's great. I don't think think Stan's drinking stops. I think he's drinking turpentine. He's drinking the the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I think you've got to get me on a three-way with him. Me and him uh, on the air together would be unbelievable. Well, listen, Joe Biden's the one that's racist. What is he saying? You're either for uh, Martin Luther King or or George Wallace. First of all, George Wallace even came around. Biden never came around. Right. And and you know, you know what? Also, he never admits that he is the one he's like, you know, the when he throws out these words like KKK, he's trying to do anything he can to smear, just like he did, by the way, with police. Remember, after the whole thing happened with Derek Chauvin, he painted all police with this brush saying that there's systemic racism in policing in America, like it was an indictment of every single man and woman, noble men and women who put on that uniform every day. And, yeah, look, I think Derek Chauvin was a bad apple, but they took that advantage and smeared everybody, just like they're doing with January 6th, too. It's like anything that they're trying to push, they're going to go back to January 6th. Meanwhile, they have yet to condemn, J.C., the riots of 2020. The hypocrisy with Joe Biden was, you know what? He's he's he uh, he speaks the scriptures when he wants to. Okay, then he's anti-abortion, so uh, he he picks the card when he wants to. Uh, he he calls he calls everybody racist, but he's the racist. Uh, you know, he, he, it's like one thing or another. Either you're religious or you're not. You're a Christian. Or you're not, okay? You and and tell everybody they're racist. You're supposed to be forgiving if you're a Christian. Right, and he wrote he wrote on being the unity candidate too. That's the thing that I have not heard such a divisive speech 
from a president. I don't, I don't think I've heard such a divisive speech where it was either you're a racist or you're with the Democrats. I mean, that was basically what he said today. And it wasn't that's not even like, you know, exaggerating. It was everything was about George Wallace and the KKK. And and to me, uh, at a time, it just shows how desperate he is right now to try to have some sort of legislative victory and to try to keep the Democrats in power because he knows he's worried. The midterms are now a few months away, guys. And I think he knows they are in big time trouble. When we come back, speaking, uh, JC, go ahead real quick. 30 seconds real quick. The press says he spends too much time at funerals. Well, at least the funerals, you're memorializing somebody. He spends too much time on speeches that make no no sense whatsoever. Why isn't he going to companies that are, that need to make uh, testing? Why doesn't he, like Trump went to the company saying, let's get this going, let's get that going. Why isn't he spending all this time? Why is he giving $40 million a year to Fauci? When Fauci doesn't spend any of that money on on COVID, he so they gave him $80 million. And by the way, and JC, by the way, we're going to talk about Fauci right after the break, everybody, because boy, did he get grilled on Capitol Hill. And Rand Paul, JC, and everybody basically said to Fauci, you single-handedly are responsible basically for 800,000 deaths. What do you make of Rand Paul's statement. And Dr. Fauci came back and basically called other members there a moron. It was really a nice hearing on Capitol Hill. That after the break, 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. Well, another day, another grilling for the good Dr. Fauci, and more details are coming out. In fact, if you've seen some of the reporting, I think one of the things came about a military report, which basically stated that COVID-19 was created by a U.S.-funded EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Some leaked documents are showing that, according to a variety of reports. So there's all these different reports out there, and lots of people are talking about gain of function, what did you know, Fauci all over the place. And today he was on Capitol Hill, and boy, did he get grilled. Take a listen to one of the salvos by Senator, Republican Senator Roger Marshall. Well, Dr. Fauci... 59% of Americans and 81% of Republicans do not have a favorable opinion of you. Frankly, honestly, you've lost your reputation. The American people don't trust the words coming out of your mouth. And I think a lot of people agree with that. He is all over the place. And much of it is because he hasn't pushed at all about trying to get the results from Wuhan Lab. He hasn't really been, I think, forthcoming on the whole gain-of-function research and the funds and more documents showing that there are more and more of these tests that took place. Why is he not pushing that? Uh, Why is he not clear on a number of things? And if you go after him, you're going after science, remember? Well, here's a little bit more of Roger Marshall and Fauci today. Why did your agency award this grant despite it being rejected by DARPA due to its concerns about violating the moratorium that was in place? And finally, will you commit today to release all records fully unredacted by the end of this week so Congress and the American people can know the truth about NIH's role and the origins of COVID-19? 
So, again, Senator, it really pains me to have to just point out to the American public how absolutely incorrect you are. What came out last night on Project Veritas was a grant that was submitted to DARPA. Then it distorted and said, we funded the grant. We have never seen that grant, and we have never funded that grant. So once again, you are completely and unequivocally incorrect when you join the DARPA proposal was a grant that we never saw and we did not fund. So you are incorrect. Our social media will have all the supporting documents and we'll yeah, be supporting these Senator, the record well, as well. You are, you're you. backing down on this? Why don't we go and look at the very toss statement? They were talking about a grant that was submitted to DARPA. Are you saying this said, was not? Are you saying that this was viral gain-of-function research? I'm telling you that you're saying... Are that you saying that this DARPA was grant? not viral gain-of-function research? By the definition that you were very well aware... Which your P3CO definition is you know, just a legalese to get Senator, away that allows you to do the viral gain-of-function studies. Senator. Senator Marshall, if you'll please allow the witness to respond. Senator, we know, and the misinformation that the guide rails for what can be done or not were not established by me. They were established by a three-year process led by the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House. And decided by you in a secret meeting at the White House in December of 2019. Uh, Senator, that is incorrect. And this refers exactly to what I was talking about in response to Senator Rand Paul. You are incorrect completely, and every time I try you to explain... You saying you're incorrect, but the facts are on my side. So why, why will you not commit to sharing everything open, unredacted with this Congress? So, so here's Marshall, an example. Dr. Fauci. Whoa! So listen, after that exchange, and boy, is he dancing around the words or what? I'm talking about Dr. Fauci there and his exchange with Senator Roger Marshall. This moment was caught on hot mic. Listen to what he said about the senator. So much for the politician, Dr. Fauci. Senator Moran. What a moron. Whoa, let's play that again. Because you can hear him. Senator Moran, right? You know, the Jim Moran of Virginia, right? So Senator Moran, and then listen to Fauci what he says. Senator Moran. Oh, and he's not angry. He's not mocking politicians. And how about the other time when they were asking him a question and he brings up January 6th? This is the guy who's supposed to be in charge of medical policy. And somebody said, well, you're playing politics. Well, what about you in January 6th? What does January 6th have to do with medical policy in America? He is so over the top. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Jimmy, your thoughts about Dr. Fauci? And, and did you hear him? You're a moron breathing under the mic. You can hear it closed down. I can't stand him. I, I can't say on the air what, I, what I'd like to say about him. But he's, at minimum, he should be fired. The guy seems very creepy. Even if I didn't know his stupidity or his ignorance and all the things he was wrong about with the virus and the vaccines and the masks, he just seems like a creepy person. He's got some attitude. Yeah, it's, it's like is, an arrogance. Is, There's an arrogance about yes. him. Like, like it's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be NIH. Like, I remember when, um, who was it, um, Brad Pitt? 
played him. Remember on Saturday Night Live? Like, like I, I, yeah. I have a feeling he probably told people, "Oh, I needed to be with somebody more handsome." <laughs> you know, like, like I'm much more handsome than Brad Pitt. You know, I could see him saying that. He just, he seems so self-absorbed and so focused on the attention as opposed to correcting and and just saying to people straight here here's what we know now here's what we don't know he's never admitted that he's made a mistake and i can list about 20 offhand right and the same media the same media the same politicians that hate america and hate trump they love him why would he be helping communist china with anything Communist China in the past said if half the world died in a nuclear war, it would not be such a bad thing because the new world would be communist. Well, and, and Jimmy, and Jimmy, want to help elevate their biological warfare capabilities. I agree. By the way, I agree with you about some of the funds and some of the research. And let's even move forward too, because even in this case, he has still yet to really hold. China accountable. Like he was even asked today, hey, what do you think about China? Oh, I'm happy with them. I feel like they've been doing the best they can. Uh, are you kidding Except me? For the Chinese people. Right. Are you he's, kidding me he's that China? Be a racist. It's unbelievable. You know, it's, um, Jimmy, would, go ahead, Jim, real quick. I would say for him to support China that murdered somewhere between 60 and 80 million of their own people, if a Republican did that, you'd, you'd say he's racist. This guy is dangerous. He has no, no feeling for human life. Even for animal life, he, the, the guy, it's, it's like he's, he's like a mad scientist. He's worse than a quack. Right, and, and he's not being genuine. That's the problem. Jimmy, thank you. Love the call. Always love hearing from you. You know, and the thing is, too, is that he also has yet to. I, I remember interviewing, who was a Peter Navarro here on the show, who was in charge of all the PPE under President Trump, dealing with, you know, Operation Warp Speed, all of that stuff. And guess what happened? Guess what? Fauci never even admitted, according to Peter Navarro and President Trump, President Trump has repeated this too, never even said he had any connection to the Wuhan lab. I mean, he's like parsing words still about whether it was gain of function, whether it was something slightly different than gain of function. Wouldn't you say right away, oh my gosh, in Wuhan, there's this lab that's doing these tests and I have some connections there. NIH has done this. Uh Uh-uh. He has never said that and he has never held China to account. He's never grilled them. He's never criticized them. I mean, that to me is so circumspect. How dare that not happen? Why do we not have someone pressing what the world is supposed to just move on? Oh, no big deal. You know, no big deal. You know, 800,000 deaths. No big deal. Let's not even worry about it. The whole world's been in paralysis and he doesn't even think that China needs to be questioned. That is is suspicious. We're going to talk about this when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, well, it's not very often that someone gets to celebrate a century, but one central Illinois man got that chance this week. Harold Cruzmark turned 100. Friends and family threw him a party in Lincoln, Illinois, which is midway between Bloomington and Springfield. Cruzmark served in World War II and the Korean War, and he spent the next 70 years teaching after he returned home. As for turning 100, well, he had some advice for longevity. Cruzmark said, just keep living. That's the secret to old age. Just 
keep living. Pretty straightforward. It sounds like good advice. And how beautiful that they were able to honor a member of the greatest generation. Well, someone who I think has not been great is Dr. Fauci. And today he was grilled on Capitol Hill. Here is a little bit of Senator Rand Paul. I think this is like round 20 between the two of them. Remember, they keep kind of sparring each time that they come to Capitol Hill. And Senator Paul really lobbed a big one at Fauci today. Take a listen. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let a response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, Do you think it's a great success what's happened well, so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Wow. And now 800,000 people have died because of your architecture and working on gain of function with the Wuhan lab that he still kind of is parsing words with. Well, here is Fauci's response. The idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally unilaterally to represent science. And I think in usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to do not that? Be- you responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article you, in Wired, you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there did. you go again. That you was just do the same thing every year. That was your response. Ah, and Fauci said, you are basically distorting everything about me. Well, Rand Paul said, you know what? He does not regret saying that Fauci is the architect basically responsible for 800,000 deaths. In fact, Rand Paul doubled down when he was on Fox soon after that. I believe that this virus originated from a lab that was engineered by the Chinese. We don't have 100% proof of that, but we have, I think the evidence leans 90-10 that this came from the lab. He funded the lab. He tried to obscure the idea that he was giving money to the lab. And then he steadfastly for two years said it wasn't gain of function, that they weren't taking viruses that don't exist in nature, creating them and creating viruses that are so dangerous that they could actually wipe out a portion of humanity. He continues to deny that. If this came from the lab, yes, he's culpable. So when you ask him to investigate it, he's not exactly disinterested. He has a conflict of interest because if it came from the lab, yes, he deserves some moral culpability. And Fauci continues to dodge whenever there's a question about, hey, let's look at China. Hey, let's look at the lab. Wouldn't you say, wait a minute, we need to get to the bottom of this if you really cared and want to make sure that this never happens again? And he's not doing that, nor is President Biden. Here we are. We just had 1.5 million positive COVID cases, you know, in a single day. And the president's out saying that voting laws are racist. What about saying to China, hey, China, can we get in? Can we get investigators in? Can we look at this? 
Biden's not pushing it and Fauci is not pushing it. And today, a lot of the senators were also doing a lot of pushback in terms of the amount of tests or the lack thereof. We have seen lines upon lines across the country of people wondering when they're going to get a test. And this is what Senator Burr had to say about some of the money and some of the funds with testing. This administration has time and again squandered its opportunities and made worse in the decisions you've made on testing and treatment and most crucially in communications with the American people. The American people are right to be confused. It seems like you all don't talk amongst yourself. Yeah, that's true. And here's Senator Susan Collins also repeating that, too, to Fauci. This testing crisis appears to have been entirely preventable, as is evidenced by the availability, the widespread availability of rapid tests in Europe, for example. The fact is that it appears the administration simply failed to anticipate our testing needs. Yeah, Fauci, where are the tests? Didn't you demand it of President Biden? Remember, President Biden the other day said, oh, nobody could have foreseen this. Nobody saw Delta coming. Nobody saw Omicron coming. And then yet Fauci and also the CDC director contradicted him and said, oh, yeah, we knew that there'd be another wave of a variant. That's what happens. So who's right here? Did you not advise the president if that's what you really thought? Well, things are so bad with testing that even Democrats like Senator Patty Murray was wondering what the heck's happening with tests. People back in my home state of Washington and across the country are frustrated and worried about the course of this pandemic and its persistent challenges, like how hard it still is to get a test. Yeah, I've heard from so many people who are waiting in long lines and going from pharmacy to pharmacy trying to find a test or who are giving up on getting tested because tests are unavailable or cost too much. What a hassle. Where are the tests that were promised? And now Biden's saying, well, maybe they're going to come sometime in January or early February. But he hasn't even finished signing the deals yet for the tests. I mean, this is a disaster. And then you've got Fauci, who still is not saying everything he knows about China. Let's go to Alfred in Yonkers. Go ahead, Alfred. Hey, Alfred, are you there? Go ahead. What do you think about it all? What are your thoughts? We're, we're, we're going to get you in a little bit, Alfred, but hang on one second, everybody. We're trying to figure this out. Go ahead, Alfred. Are you there? Yes. Hi, Rita. Perfect. Um, I hear you, Alfred. Great. Good evening. Um, Thank you for taking my call, by the way. And um, it's always a pleasure to listen to your show. Thank but, you, um, Alfred. I- I just wanted to say that Dr. Fauci, I think he's Machiavellian and very sinister. And and Jimmy from, you know, Jimmy, your last caller is right. Jimmy's very well informed about a lot of things. I, I tend to agree with him about a lot of things. But it's no accident that, that this virus, I think it was unleashed on the world by the Wuhan um, lab in China. And it's no accident that it was done during President Trump's presidency to eradicate him. Because it certainly changed the dynamics. You're right. It changed the way people were voting. It changed just everything, you know, and, and and it changed the world. I mean, you know what's interesting, Alfred? The fact, to me, there is no logical explanation to why he would not be pushing China, Fauci and President Biden. Why are they not pushing China for answers to make sure this doesn't happen again? Remember, they said, oh, we're not going to let inspectors in. Okay. 
you know, and, and it was just kind of left at that. Like that's, I mean, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it, this is this is the worst, you know, virus in modern times in the world. And you're just going to go, okay, no worry about it. If you don't want to let us in, we're not going to worry about it. Let's move on. You know, I, I mean, that to me, there is no logical explanation for that other than there's something a lot more than he is sharing with us that he knows and he's afraid it's going to make him look bad. And how horrible is that for the world that we have someone who is compromised like that, according to a lot of reports? Alfred, thank you very much. Let's go to Karen in Rockland. Karen, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. What do you, what uh, well, do you think, Karen? Well, Fauci's part of this uh, corrupt administration, so of course they're very self-preserving and uh, very self-interested in themselves. And I think um, Fauci should be getting minimum wage instead of being the highest-paid non-politician in Washington. Why isn't he in the labs now trying to figure out some of these antibody tests and all that instead of always being on TV? Yeah, and you know what? He's very focused on everything being vaccine-related. That's the other thing. Like, he has seemed to never kind of thought about talking, as you're talking about antibodies, to look at sort of alternatives. Everything has been pharma, 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 and we know that he has relationships, and it looks like some financial relationships, too, with pharma. So it just, and yet he's not going after China. It, it defies logic. Um, I'm with you, Karen. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to John in New York. John, your thoughts about all of this. Go ahead, John. Yes, Rita. First of all, I call Fauci fraudchi, and I've been calling him that since... Fraudchi. That's, that's, that's a good one, John. Okay, yep. I've been calling him that since May of 2020, when I was laying in a rehabilitation hospital recovering from COVID. My brother calls me and says... You know, Fauci funded this. So Rand Paul has become my hero because he's the first time, you know, for, he, my brother told me that then. Two days later, I got a call from my cousin. You know, Fauci funded this. I'm saying I didn't ask them how they found out, but they somehow knew. And it must have been, I'm guessing, somewhere from somebody they listened to on conservative radio. And the reason Fauci's not, or even Biden's not pursuing this is because they know it's going to all point back to Fauci. And, uh, oh, one other thing. But but you I know heard... what? Don't you think, John, the public deserves to know the truth? And I'm not even just talking. I, obviously, my priority is American public, um, but also the world needs to know. I mean, to if the U.S. is just kind of letting it slide and you got Fauci who's letting it slide and the president letting it slide, it sends a message to everybody else. Well, you know, I guess you got to let it slide. If America's not going to lead, you know, it, it just it. It behooves reality. And and why would we not want to get to the bottom of this so we make sure it never happens again, John? You know, I mean, you know, just even if it's for not, you know, first of all, yeah, I'd like to know everything that Fauci did that's tied to China and to the Wuhan lab. That all needs to come out. It shouldn't just be leaked out in dribs and drabs. He should have been he should have been man enough right away to said, hey, wait a minute. There's this thing that I was doing with the Wuhan lab. Maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's something that happened with the lab. Not even me. Maybe there's something. He didn't even say that, John. What kind of a shyster is that? Yeah, yeah. Can I add one more thing? Sure. There was a clip of him in 2012, and he basically said, I'm not, not going to say it exactly, but he basically said it would be nice for us to have a pandemic 
so we can study the virus. I'm going, really? Then another thing he said in 2016, he said there's going to be a pandemic and Trump is going to have a problem. So how did he know that? No, I remember that. You're right. I remember some of those, you know, and and it makes you wonder now with all the things and and the fact that he has made no effort to kind of get to the bottom of this. He's become so political and so transparently political. I think it does. It begs the question about a lot of these things. Um, Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, your thoughts about all of this with Fauci still not, I think, saying what he knows. Yes, good evening, Rita. Uh, First of all, the uh, FMSB club, that's the Fauci, uh, uh, Pelosi, I'm sorry, FPSB, the Fauci, Pelosi, Schumer, and uh, Biden club. You got to remember one thing. These people are career Washington people. They've been in in place for, for decade after decade after decade. It's, it's gone to the head. It's formed a kind of psycho, mental psychosis where anything they do is legitimate, anything. And you can't get rid of these people. They keep getting back into place. Right. Well, and clear and case in point, you know, Biden kept Fauci, even though there were a lot of questions. I mean, I'm sure had Trump won a second term, had Trump, you know, been reelected, he would definitely have gotten rid of Fauci, I think, in day one. Don't you? Well, well, I, I don't think so right away, but eventually. Well, look, let's let's get to the bottom line of the whole thing. These people are are should are and should be viewed as war criminals. These these are this is like we need a Nuremberg to clear these people out, get them out of place. Because what's happening is, if you look at America, and uh, America has become a country motivated by purely by profit. It's a profit country. The big pharma people know what they're doing. Fauci knew what he was doing. All these people are motivated by the dollar bill, and they're not going to quit until the day that they pass on. And what's what's happening right now in this country, you've got hundreds of thousands of people who are dead. Uh, These people presumably were in bad shape to start with. To have their demise in great numbers suddenly, there's something really wrong here, and Fauci is basically covering up to the extent where he, he'll gladly dismiss death of these, these hundreds of thousands of people just to keep his his image good. And that's that's a war crime. I'm sorry. Yeah. And to not get to the bottom of it when we first know that obviously the cases originated in Wuhan, that's not a dispute. And even if you listen to Rand Paul, he thinks it's 90-20 that it started in a lab, 90-10 that he was saying that it started in a lab, Phil. And it defies logic that you are not pushing and trying to get answers. And and remember, there was a call recently, Phil, with uh, President Biden and Xi Jinping, the leader of China. It was a three-hour call, and they didn't talk about COVID. Uh, I mean, what do they talk about, daffodils? You know what I mean? It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, what is wrong with these people? And the fact that Fauci is allowing that to happen and that Biden is allowing that to happen when we have such astronomical deaths, as you just talked about, it's heartbreaking for people who lost family members. It's obscene. And it's first of all, they deserve answers. And second of all, we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. 
and Fauci doesn't seem to want to care to get to the bottom of it. And it begs the question, why? What is he hiding? And I say bravo to Rand Paul, who is pushing him at every turn. And I hope, like you just said, I think there should be these kind of trials where everybody, here's the evidence, here's this, here's that. And let's see if Fauci, you know, can try to parse words at that point. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, Dominic Carter is on after the break to give us a preview of his great show. And also after Dominic is the other side of midnight here on 77 WABC. Frank Morano, of course, takes you through the night. And tonight he's got Dr. Raymond Moody, who is a philosopher, psychiatrist, physician, and best-selling author. He's going to talk about the afterlife and near-death experiences. That's going to be really fascinating. That's at 2.20 in the morning. Make sure that you stay tuned to WABC through the night. And coming up next, Dominic Carter to talk about his show after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. talking about Dr. Fauci, so it's fitting to be playing What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers, but my next person is no fool and suffers no fools. The great Dominic Carter, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Rita. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, and uh, boy, some spirited days. We've been talking about uh, Biden throwing barbs at every turn, and mm-hmm. also Fauci, who was a uh, boy calling calling some of the senators a moron. So things are getting a little heated in, uh, in the nation's capital and all over the place, and I know that you're going to be pouring the heat on in the show coming up in a few minutes, my friend. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're going to uh, bring it bring it a bit home, Rita, uh, tonight in just a just a few minutes, about two and a half. In terms of the the story that just won't go away, as it relates to the Manhattan new district attorney, there is a story out tonight in the Daily Mirror that says basically cut the crap. Uh, the way you've been describing yourself growing up was just a public relations narrative. I'll explain a tough story tonight. But the most most of the show, we're going to focus on Crystal Bayron uh, Nieves. There was a big rally in East Harlem tonight, the young lady that was slain trying to do her job as a cashier. And so the mayor attended the rally tonight. And the city of New York, we all owe this young lady. And what we owe this young lady, it's too late for her, but we owe her law and order. Bottom line, Rita. Bottom line. Yeah, I agree. It is outrageous. And you know what's so heartbreaking, Dominic, is that she was like pleading with her mother. And the mother even called, you know, Burger King and said, hey, my daughter is worried about working these long hours. And it turns out that the guy was robbing her for a hundred bucks. Um, And I just pray that, first of all, I pray that they catch this animal, this thug. Um, And I wish, by the way, Dominic, I wish Alvin Bragg was at the rally tonight. That might have been a good thing, right? Well, the the mayor was there. Uh, He didn't speak until until afterwards off on the side. He didn't address the actual rally. But 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 the mayor was there. He was present. And, you know, Rita, our. Our listeners at WABC, you're not going to believe this, but they contacted me tonight. 
the case that we have in New York right now, you have exactly the similar type case that has happened with a 16-year-old girl that was a cashier at a Burger King in uh, Milwaukee, and this animal tried to cr- tried to climb through the takeout window with a gun. Oh. And this 16-year-old girl is dead, and the police in Milwaukee have made an arrest. Well, thank goodness they made an arrest there. I hope that there's justice uh, for Crystal and for her family here. And, uh, and I also hope that uh, it becomes a wake-up call to this uh, Manhattan DA. I can't wait to hear what you have on tap and to hear our great listeners with you, my friend, Dominic Carter, who's coming up in just a few seconds here on 77 WABC. And everybody, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. We have Chris Christie on the show tomorrow night. So I hope you join us for that. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.